Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. Today we look at our exclusive from this week on Captain Marvel and what it means for the MCU going forward into Phase 4. We'll also talk about Daredevil Season 2 as we rank the TV shows, and we'll talk about all the news, including those in humans reviews that aren't looking too good. All this and more on a new episode of MCU Exchange Podcast. back with another episode of mcu exchange podcast the official podcast of mcu exchange uh i have rhiannon and adam with me as per usual and uh we've got a lot of news to talk about today as well as uh the big news about captain marvel that broke over the week and so we're gonna talk about all of those things um the first thing that we're gonna talk about is uh we're gonna go to avengers 4 we got a little bit of news and josh brolin uh, has said that he is officially going to be in Avengers 4. Just last week we had talked Spoilers! about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Spoiler, apparently. Uh, if you did not see this week, I did a little article on our website about what is is not a spoiler, and casting news is not a spoiler. Casting news is called the most basic news you can possibly have about a film. So uh, we talked last week about whether he could do Deadpool and uh, Infinity War. Uh, any interest in that to you guys? Does that say much to you, or is that pretty much what you expected? Ex- expected, I think. I expected it. There you go. Everybody expected it. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> okay, so Josh Brolin is in Avengers 4. We are on fire today. Um, alright, we need to talk about Inhumans. Um, and I need to make, I'll make a deal with you, the listeners. If you think that the job of this podcast, or the website is to be universally positive and encouraging and cheerleading to Marvel properties, I would suggest that you look at the timestamps below and fast forward to our conversation about the Defenders that's going to happen in a few minutes. If you think our job is to be honest and critical, just keep on listening. So the first reviews of Inhumans has come in, and uh, they're not official reviews. They're people on Reddit. They're people who have seen like an advanced screening version. And they're just, they're universally dire. The ones that were on the website, I believe the phrase was, uh, it's Scott Buck's worst work. Um, I have some personal back channel information from somewhere that says things like, I love these characters and this just made me cry or it was pure garbage. Um, It looks awful. What was bad about it? The beginning, the middle, the end, the acting, the action, and the uh, script. So it's just not good. Uh, Rhiannon, have you lost all hope for the show? Or do you think there's anything that might happen to make this worth watching? I have not lost all hope in the show. Um, Now, that clip. So there is that clip that came out this week. That's like Medusa and um, Maximus. And Maximus, there's something just so... Okay, I hated that clip. That's just all that comes down to. Um, The dialogue on it was just so forced, so bland. Um, But I also generally hate network TV. I mean, like, I don't watch a lot of regular network TV. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to me is stellar network television compared to some of the other stuff that is oddly very successful. Like I watch a lot of network TV pilots and go, Oh, 
this is absolutely awful. It will not be on the air for three episodes. And then next thing you know, like everybody loves Raymond's been on for 10 years. But so I'm, I'm remaining optimistic, you guys. Um, there was a review on Reddit that seemed to make a lot of sense that seemed to have, um, which I, we're not fronting like that wasn't me on Reddit. Um, it's not like I've seen it and secretly done some of these reviews, but I, I liked the attitude of that reviewer. It said a lot of stuff about um, just like some of the writing being horrible, but there being a lot of potential there that it might actually have a plot that's enjoyable to watch. So I'm a little bit sad that it's not knocking everything out of the park, but um, I'm remaining hopeful. So there, people, if you thought we would be too negative about Inhumans, I'm here to bring the optimism. Adam, bring the pessimism. <laughs> no, what, what do you think, man? Uh, well, so, you know, I was going to say, the, just <clears throat> seeing, we can't, what, the, the reviews are still embargoed, so the the words <laughs> we're seeing uh, from people who've got advanced screenings, um, you know, it just makes the whole production seem rushed. Uh, you know, well, first they just dropped the, the TV show out of nowhere. You know, it's supposed to be a movie and all this stuff. And I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about. It. I mean, I'm not a huge Inhumans fan the way it is. Um, I'm still going to watch it. Um, it's just kind of a bummer seeing all this stuff. You know, as, as an MCU fan, you want to be hopeful and you want everything to be absolutely amazing but then then you start seeing all these these bits pop up um around the internet you know and it's kind of like uh not not your fears but bringing your you know it's <laughs> it's finally here and it's finally coming to life and it's not what we want it to be or wanted to expect so it's kind of a bummer um I mean, like I said, I'll still watch it and, and try to form my own opinion. Of course, I'm the guy that liked Iron Fist, so who knows? I could love Inhumans. Um, but yeah, I'll watch it when it comes out. Yeah, I think, Rhiannon, you were referring to, I think we read the same Reddit review where, you know, it's, and, you know, again, none of this is an official review. This is all stuff we're hearing through Reddit and back channels and all that kind of stuff. Um, it basically said, if you come into it not thinking of it as a Marvel show or an IMAX show or an Inhuman show, it is a very good uh, CW Arrowverse show, right? Like, that's kind of what we heard of. Like, it would not fit out of place there. And, you know, it's. I think a lot of this is going to be an expectations game. I think if we wanted something that is movie quality, this is not going to be it. Like, that's the thing I feel definitely sure of at this point, is this is not going to be as good as a Marvel Studios movie. It was never going to be. They never intended it to be. And so, once again, I think we should be angry at Kevin Feige for sacrificing the Inhumans to Jeff Loeb, but that's just another soapbox of mine to get on some other time. Like, it's just... But uh, Jeff Loeb... But Jeff Loeb can be trusted. I mean, that's what... That's what's got me so confused on this. Jeff Loeb is a fan. Jeff Loeb knocked the Marvel Netflix stuff out of the park. Why can't he be trusted on network television? Sorry, I totally interrupted you there. No, no, I mean, it's it's a good question. I mean, let me, let me kind of extend that. So um, Rotten Tomatoes is now starting to do Defenders reviews. 
And right now, Defenders is sitting, I think, 80% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which is not, it's not a terrible score. Um, but it's also lower than, I think, every other Marvel show except for Iron Fist. It's below Luke Cage, it's below Jessica, it's below Dare- Daredevil, it's below Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's below Agent Carter. Um, so let me ask this, Rihanna, you're a TV person. Is it possible that Loeb is just starting to lose his touch? That as more and more of these things go into production... Marvel is starting to get too distracted by doing too much stuff at once. I think Loeb is definitely busy, you know, whereas when like Daredevil was being put together, he was focusing on what agents of shield and Daredevil. I mean, I don't know if there I'm thinking there wasn't any other television going at the time. So he could very closely monitor the quality and make sure everything's going. Now, like he said, there's what 14 shows that he's, overseeing in some way and that is a huge increase so i mean we know he's not putting the level you know he personally is not putting that level of impact so yeah i think they are you know they reached far and wide to find a showrunner for iron fist it wasn't like buck was their first choice they reached out to a lot of potential showrunners and a lot of people that had never really run big shows before um so I think, yeah, I think they are kind of suffering for how how far and wide they're spreading. I I wish maybe they would just step back and leave it. I mean, I, I think you would agree with me that, that we would rather in humans not be premiering this fall, maybe be three, four years before they made it, but it be made fabulously when they did. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe it has gotten too big. Yeah, I mean, just to put it bluntly, I mean, what's the thing in common between the two worst uh, Marvel shows that, you know... <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's one thing in common, and that's the thing. I mean, I wouldn't put any fault on Jeff, you know. He's he's overseeing 14 shows, and and you he's got to be able to delegate. Um yeah, I, I don't think it's any of his fault. I mean, that that's the other thing. There's 14 Marvel shows either in production or in the can ready to, to debut. And that guy's he's probably <laughs> hasn't slept for a year, you know. Um, so I don't think he's maybe he's stretched a little thin. Uh, but, of course, I still want Moon Knight and all sorts of stuff on Netflix. Um, but, yeah, I don't I wouldn't blame Mr. Loeb, I guess. Yeah. I I think, too, if I'm being fair, you know, it's easy for us since we're an MCU-only show to talk about only what's happening in the MCU on the TV side. But we also have to remember that Jeff Loeb is also behind Legion, and that show is spectacular. So, like, you have to look at it only through a certain sort of myopic, like, lens to be able to not see that Loeb is still making great TV on FX with legion and so yeah i don't know it's it's just starting to be a little troublesome that it just seems like they're having a hard time getting stuff off the ground and it just it feels like it's too much at once so um going along that line we um i typed up something earlier this week deadline had talked a little bit about um the uh the stuff in new york and all the shows that are being filmed in new york and one of the things that they mentioned um, was that 
everything that Marvel has on its slate for Netflix, including obviously Defenders and Punisher, but also Luke Cage season two, Jessica Jones season two, Daredevil season three, and Iron Fist season two, that all of those episodes will be finished save for three by Christmas or by the end of the year. Uh, Rhiannon, as somebody who watches this, were you at all surprised that they were going to have that many in the can by the end of the year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, because I, I believe last week we were speculating that Iron Fist would. I think this news came and we talked about it last week, but. Um, you know, the news with Iron Fist starting up at the end of this year, we assumed it would be the very end. Like I expected Daredevil season three to start like October. But. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on with them filming all of these so quickly. I would be shocked if this is actually the case. Um, maybe production will begin on 10 of the episodes, meaning like the writer's room will have gotten to episode 10 and they've filmed five like that. I can, that still would blow my mind, but I could imagine something like that. So I, I, I hope that information is wrong. I mean, as much as I want everything very quickly, I do. They would have to be filming now for Daredevil season three to be done by Christmas. It takes them six months to film a 13 episode season. And those numbers were going on 13 episode seasons, right? Yeah, they were. Um, Let me see if I can pull the article up here to see the exact language. But yeah, I mean, it was. It seemed to act like a lot of them were going to be done. And, you know, like, Adam, you heard, you had Coulter say that they were going till March on Luke Cage. So this seems a yeah. little weird, right? It's, and that's the thing we're talking about. You know, we just got done talking about how Inhumans seems rushed and, and they didn't really have their heads wrapped around it, you know. So this news, if true, sounds quite troublesome. Maybe not troublesome, but it, it's worrying a bit, you know, if, if, they just need to take a step back and take a breather, you know. And I understand, of course, everyone wants all these shows, but to have all these shows sped up and, you know, it's a it's a quality over quantity thing, you know. All right, so Rhiannon, here's the exact quote, and this is from Deadline. I mean, it's, you know, we like to think we're a good site here at MCU Exchange, but we know that the trades are a little more official than sites like our own. So this is from Deadline. Marvel Television and Netflix footprint in the state of New York has grown to include an additional 23 episodes of its series to be shot in the state by the end of 2017, raising the overall count to 135 episodes. According to the Governor's Office of Motion Picture and Television Development, this represents the largest television project uh, commitment in New York State history, with Disney, Marvel TV, and Netflix more than doubling their initial commitment since the label's production was announced in 2013. The grand total includes shoots... For the streaming series, The Defenders, which is set in New York's Hell's Kitchen, and The Punisher, plus other superhero series. The additional 23 episodes to be shot this year, that was the phrase, to be shot this year, includes season 2 of Iron Fist, season 3 of Daredevil, while 26 episodes are currently in production for season 2 of Luke Cage and season 2 of Jessica Jones. I don't feel like that's writer's room. I mean, I feel like they're saying they're going to shoot them and put them on film. Am I misreading that? What if, what if they're talking about the fiscal year, which I'm looking at? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I guess. I mean, do they use different fiscal years for TV shows? 
Well, no, but I mean, but New York City, if that data came from the New York City Office of Budget or Office of Film Development, whatever. Um, oh, yeah. If that's what they're maybe when they said, you know, this year, they meant, you know, through the fiscal year, which appears that it goes until June, which would make plenty of sense. Yes, that makes a lot more sense. I just looked that up and their fiscal year goes from June to June. So if it was the 2017 fiscal year for the city of New York, that then it all makes sense. Yes, it does. I mean, uh, who and am I, I to criticize that's a deadline? deadline? Issue. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I mean, I, it just seems like that should have been better written up then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't, that, I, I did not think of that option until you have mentioned it. So, yeah. And that's um, where, I mean, like, and it may not even be a deadline issue. It might just be that this person from the office of film I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of government officials and they think, and sometimes they end up speaking in their own world and maybe that's just what they were referring to and they were just thinking fiscal year and it's just a big mix up. I'm going to, I'm going to go with that in my head, whether it's true or not. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really happening here, I mean, if we want to look at a meta level or a big, you know, thousand foot view. I think we have turned a corner in sort of Marvel fandom. You know, there was a point at which we wanted anything. And I think we've reached a point now where fans say, it's not enough to just produce something. I want something good. And I would rather have something slower that's good than something faster that's bad. And the fact that we've reached a point with Netflix where we're like, you know, you could slow down on Iron Fist Season 2 and we'd be happy to wait for it. I feel like that's a change, you know, like, I don't know. I flash back to when I was in high school, it could have been the crappiest X-Men movie in the world. I'd be thrilled. I watched the generation X TV movie like six times, you know, because it was just anything that was my characters. And I just think that we're changing that way as a fandom that we're no longer just accepting something, but we want something good. Does that make sense? Definitely. All right. Uh, we'll keep on moving. We have some more TV news. All right, again, this would, some people would consider this a spoiler. I don't consider this a spoiler. If you like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and you don't want to know anything at all about the new season, jump ahead to our conversation about Runaways, which should happen after this. But um, this week, uh, Chloe Bennett was bored on set. She seemed to be somewhat annoyed that she wasn't filming when she thought she should be. So she did a little video um, with the actress that plays Yo-Yo and with uh, Elizabeth Henstridge. And they were messing around, and a guy in blue makeup walks behind them who looks an awful lot like what you'd expect a Kree alien to look like. This is not confirmation that the Kree are in the show. It's possible that it was for a different set, but I wouldn't think so. Uh, it looks like we probably will see the Kree in some way in Season 2, or Season 5, excuse me. But again, that makes sense that there's an Inhumans crossover, like we've been told. The Inhumans have a connection to the Kree, so that's all pretty sensible. Uh, Adam, are you excited to see some uh, aliens in Season 5 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Heck yeah, man. I mean, the the agents are in space. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea of, or, or the potential it gives that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Inhumans will tie in a good bit, maybe raising the quality on Inhumans. Yeah, I think that will be, it'll be interesting to see however Inhumans comes out, 
how will it shape up so that like does it fit right like does Daisy meeting Medusa, does that feel like it should feel? Does that connect the way it should? Or is it going to not work? You know, I think that's a really interesting question. Uh, one last piece of news before we do some quick news. Um, Runaways is continuing production. And the producers were officially asked about um, Tina Minoru, um, or Minoru, who uh, is obviously the mother of Nico and was supposed to be in Doctor Strange. And then it looked like the actress got recast. And basically what they said is, yes, there was an actress in Doctor Strange who was supposed to be that character. And no, it's not going to be the same actress in our show. And we don't really care because she was only mentioned, you know, in the the credits of of Doctor Strange. Uh, Is that okay with you guys, like uh, continuity wise to have a new actress in that spot? The whole issue really frustrated me because... Like, they were point-blank asked how they felt about being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they were like, well, maybe we are, maybe we won't, it doesn't really matter. And then on this, they're like, well, we didn't really see her, so it doesn't really matter. So, obviously, tying into things was not a high priority on Runaways, and that irritates me. Yeah, I feel like Jeff Loeb has done a lot of double talk on this show, too, where he's like, oh yeah, it's in the MCU, but I don't think these kids would be interested in any of the other characters in the MCU, so I think it makes sense plot-wise that we wouldn't reference any of them. And it's like, what? What are you talking about, you know? Adam, that- do you have thoughts on any of this? Yeah, it's just... I don't know. <laughs> with, with the latest stuff that came out, you know, it's almost as if they're trying to make it seem like it's almost not part of the MCU, you know? Uh, reading through the quotes and such, so... Uh, I mean, has there been confirmation it's actually in the MCU? No. Uh, yeah. Je- I'm yeah. sorry. What'd you say, yeah. Anon? Has there been? Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jeff Loeb said yes. Let me look that up. No, yeah, but it's just the stuff that's coming out. You know, um, I think it's clear that we're kind of past the it's all connected phase, um, especially with how these other. Uh, what do you want? Showrunners, crew members, um, are, are talking about all these properties. You know, I think it's, um, we'll be lucky to get something like that. You know, now a crossover between Inhumans and Agents of Shield makes sense, uh, but then once you start bringing in Cloak and Dagger and New Warriors and Runaways, you know, um, it doesn't so much there. So okay. Here's what Jeff Loeb officially said. He said, it all lives in the same world, how it's connected and where it's connected and what it's going to be connected to remains to be seen. What we're trying to do is tell a great story. Uh, And then they said, the fact that they found each other and they're going through this mystery together at the moment is what we're concerned about, not what Captain America is doing. And then later he said, you're trying to trap me into saying hashtag it's all connected. If the story warrants it, we will obviously do our best to have folks cross into each other's storylines. So, so, <laughs> so essentially this is kind of like Venom a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it, it concerns me that we're starting to use this phrase world now instead <laughs> of universe. Like, is this like technical talk or what's going on? Sorry, go ahead, Rhiannon. <laughs> No, I'm with, exactly, it's, 
and I thought there was some sort of rumor that they might be leaving this one up in the air so that like maybe they were trying to make a deal with Fox and they could be like here's a show that we've already produced you take it give us Fantastic Four you know I mean there were a lot of rumors like that that maybe we just made them up and was and we're talking about them among ourselves but that's where I feel like this one they've been leaving it very very vague um so yeah, I guess like they're making it so it could be MCU if they wanted, if they wanted it to be, but it's not yet. It's interesting reading through this article that I just pulled up. There's a Feige quote that makes me terribly depressed. The truth is, I don't really know, but there are a lot of TV shows being made and hopefully we'll continue to make a lot of movies. At some point, there's going to be a crossover, crossover, repetition, something. Okay, wait a minute. What does repetition mean? <laughs> oh, I remember that, mean we're that just article. Gonna start, we're going to start using characters in multiple places? And we're going to start repeating? Uh, oh, yes, I I'm remember s- when I'm that sorry, guys. Out. This podcast is turning into a downer. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't mean it to. But what the heck is happening? No, I like, remember just, when that reputi- oh. repetition thing came out because that was the same way. I was like, what the, what, what the bleepity bleep bleep bleep. <laughs> Thanks for saving me editing time, Rhiannon. That was very helpful of you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that that phrase, crossover, repetition, or something. Oh, great. Thanks, Kevin. So what you're telling us is the continuity of this universe that we've devoted so many hours of our life to is going to be or something. Like, ugh. And the thing that's stupid is Marvel has built itself on fan service. They know how much we care about this stuff. They know that we have unhealthy obsessions with this universe. So why are they doing this to us? I'm sorry. I'm getting upset. <laughs> I've just read too many Inhumans reviews today. <laughs> this podcast, instead of the feature we had planned, is going to be Caleb's Hulk smash. <laughs> boom, boom, it's, boom. It's really funny. Something else I heard about Inhumans was that, like, this is not the exact quote, but that Karnak is just kind of like Eeyore. That, like, he just, like, comes in and, like, says negative things. Yes. And this is becoming the Eeyore podcast. I'm sorry, guys. You know we're usually not this way. It's just we take what we've got, you know, so. I feel like Piglet just, like, jumping around, like, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. That's going to be New Warriors. New Warriors will be the Piglet of the MCU. Um, I should mention that with this whole uh, continuity thing with Doctor Strange and Runaways, my biggest concern is actually the staff of one. Like, I don't care. Like, you can write out the character to me and say that was a different character. My thing is that we saw this big artifact, the Staff of One, in, um, I'm losing my mind, in the Sanctum, in Doctor Strange, and now it's supposed to show up at, like, a suburban home in L.A.? Like, to me, that's the biggest deal. I don't know. Maybe the Staff was only in the commercials. I can't remember. But to me, that's a bigger continuity thing than the character is the artifact, you know? I think we saw it in the movie. And that to me, I mean, yeah, to me, they officially don't care. Hashtag, it's all something. (laughs) Let's get that started. (laughs) Hashtag, that was hard. The end. (laughs) All right. uh, We'll do some quick hit news. And we promise not to be negative about any of this news. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is supposed to delve into secrets of the past and started filming this week. That's pretty cool. Uh, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming officially has a Chinese release date of September 8th. 
Uh, I've already seen some articles about how this is kind of a failure because it's made less money than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, don't read any of those articles until China happens. Because China could drop $50 million or $300 million on this movie. Let's wait and see what happens. That's going to be a big deal. Uh, trans, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers are going to uh, wear translators in their ears to be able to speak to one another. That's kind of a plot detail that I always assumed, but okay, that's there. That's great. And we got a little bit of casting in Jessica Jones. We found out this week that she's going to have a new like administrator in her building and is going to be played by Arrow alum, J.R. Ramirez. So those are some other news things that happened this week. Oh, also Haley Atwell keeps talking about wanting to do something else with Agent Carter. I love that she loves it as much as we do, but it doesn't seem like that's happening anytime soon. So, uh, any thoughts on any of that, guys? Before we move on from the news, um, the translators—if they have translators, why can't they understand Groot? This is just a random thought. And once again, MCU as continuity is destroyed <laughs> by a simple. Damn it! We were supposed to stay positive. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Maybe it, come on, Adam. Uh, maybe, maybe it's just not in the current version. It'll be included in a uh, future update. No, it's okay. It is funny to me how much we care about continuity when comics are so bad at continuity. <laughs> exactly. Like this week, I sent an image to you, Adam, of Karnak from a 2000 comment who was like, "I have made a solemn vow to never kill anyone." And then, like the Warren Ellis run on Karnak, he's killing like 30 people a frame. <laughs> exactly. You know? He kills like, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't care about in our comic books why do we care about in our movies right True. all right uh we're going to move on to this thing we've been doing all summer where we're ranking the marvel tv shows season by season we have two left and that's because two weeks from today we are going to be recording our defenders review show can you guys believe that it has come upon us already holy cow um, oh my gosh yeah it's exciting so uh, this week we're going to talk about Daredevil Season 2. Uh, as I said last week, this show just barely beat out Jessica Jones. I know some of you guys in the comments were uh, complaining that you felt like Jessica was definitely better than Daredevil Season 2. Uh, it was very tight in our rankings, but DD Season 2 did come out slightly ahead. So, um, Adam, I guess I'll start with you. What, did you uh, what do you remember and love about Daredevil Season 2? What do I love? Uh, the introduction of Punisher. Um, even though I'm not um, the biggest Frank Castle fan. I mean, him absolutely killing everyone in the, the jail hallway scene. Uh, that was gnarly. Um, Electra, You know, it, see, I, I'm pretty sure... I, I can't even remember my own personal rankings. I'm pretty sure um, this is actually a spot I ranked Iron Fist, so my opinion's kind of null and void. <laughs> um, you know, it's Daredevil's the man. You know, that both seasons, obviously... Um, I mean, some people have mixed opinions on season one and season two, but I, I don't think it was necessarily as strong as um, season one. I know, Caleb, you've said before where you like all um sorts of different uh storylines going on um i mean i thought it was kind of crowded a little bit uh but overall i mean it was it was really good i mean sticks awesome sticks always awesome yeah let me pick up on that um i feel like 
it has become cliche now to complain about pacing on Netflix shows. You know, like two years ago, people were like, Daredevil's a little slow, but it's fine because it's great. And now people are like, ugh, Netflix is so slow. Every season has been boring. You know, like, I feel like that complaint has gone a little overboard. And I feel like if your concern with Netflix is their pacing, then season two is the of Daredevil is the perfect response to that. Yeah. They put in Punisher. They put in Elektra. They put in Matt. They did some stuff with Foggy. They did some stuff with Karen. And yeah, it does kind of jump from plot to plot to plot. But to me, that feels like a comic book. Like a lot of comic books have, like I was just rereading the Infinity storyline by Jonathan Hickman. There are three or four major things going on in that series that they cut back and forth to. Yeah, there are. And I'm okay with that. I like the fact that comic books do that. I like having a lot of storylines going on at once. And the end of Daredevil Season 2, you've got Matt and Elektra doing this one thing, but then you cut to Karen's story, and then you cut to Punisher, and then, you know, there's there's Kingpin stuff in there, too. Like, I like that. I like a lot of things going on. I like those plots coming particularly if they sew up into one thing at the end. I think that this one fell down a little bit and then it didn't all sew together as much as I would have liked. Um, but still, yeah, I, I like the pace of this one. And that's one of the reasons I like it a lot um, is because there's a lot going on. Yeah, I and I don't remember how I actually ranked everything, but I definitely if I ranked Daredevil above Jessica Jones, it's purely because I love Daredevil. And I, I, I mean, and I can't do an unbiased comparison, um, but I agree with the, there was a whole lot in this that got mixed up, but man, Electra, they nailed Electra. Um, I mean, I believe they, you know, they made some changes to the Electra canon. There's even inconsistencies because I don't think Foggy would have known her as the Greek chick which he obviously refers to Electra in season one, but they made some changes for Elodie to take the role. And Elodie was just a fantastic. I was, I just saw like somewhere a GIF showing up on Tumblr or something of Electra and that the, the fight scene at the party where he's in the tux and she's ripping her dress. And she just did a fabulous job of bringing this character to life and making the MCU version of her. Um, and and I love everything that it emotionally did to Matt. You know, them giving him that moment where he lost his hearing and 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 going through the whole emotional journey with his relationship with Karen developing and Electra coming in and screwing all that up. I just loved everything in that storyline, and that is purely. I mean, this isn't this isn't like an objective review of it. It's because I love these characters and I love these stories and I loved how they brought them to life. Um, and that's where I say, like where I've seen the first episode of the defenders, I have no idea if it's quality TV, but I know I absolutely loved it. Um, so I'm probably a horrible person to tell you how good it is. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> no, no, I mean, yeah, I, I was just going to say I'm, I'm with you as far as like one of my biases is that I like stuff that feel like comic books. And so I feel like sometimes Netflix shies away from that. I think Iron Fist, we've discussed the way it kind of maybe shied from the comicness and the supernaturalness. That's what I've loved about this series. Like 
Some of the times that Daredevil goes swinging off and he throws the billy club and it defies the laws of physics and he like catches onto something and he swings and he saves somebody, you know, and Punisher and Electra, like all that stuff was very much comic book like. And so even if it's not better than Jessica Jones, I enjoy it more because I like comic books. Does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I feel like they built it up. I mean, they, they built everything so organically and naturally, you know, to finally see Daredevil swinging from his billy clubs. It made sense and it was believable and they were not. Be- I mean, as believable as anything is going to be in a comic based show. But but the evolution to that seemed very well done. I mean, it wasn't the masterpiece that season one was, but I I enjoyed the heck out of what they did. Yeah, I think it's illustrative. I, I've mentioned on the podcast before, I have a friend who loves Jessica Jones. And I asked if she watched any of the other Marvel shows. And she's like, no, I hate comic books, but I like Jessica Jones. So that's not a, I don't mean that as a slight to Jessica. It's just if someone hates comics but loves Jessica, it shows that that show is probably not going to appeal as much to someone who wants it to feel like a comic book. But I would say the same thing of even Daredevil Season 1. Like, Daredevil Season 2 kind of went to some places that the other Netflix properties haven't, and I I like that. So, Uh, We will have some more thoughts on uh, our thoughts on Jessica last week when we get to the mailbag, so go ahead and stick around for that. This is Caleb coming back in as an editor. Uh, What follows is going to be a conversation of Captain Marvel, and on retrospect, it may be kind of spoilery. If you don't want to know anything about the plot, these are things that we got through exclusive information that may or may not be released later on in trailers or whatever. And so if you're just really sensitive to that, we don't want to spoil the movie for you, so we'd encourage you to skip ahead to the mailbag. All right, uh, that's going to bring us to our main conversation. And for our main combo this week, we wanted to highlight uh, something that was... um, it was a big deal. Uh, we had an exclusive on the website today that got picked up by a lot of people, or this week, that got picked up by a lot of people uh, referring to Captain Marvel. Uh, I'll put it this way. It was a big enough deal that we kind of broke our website because it was such a big deal. We were. Uh, some of you may know that we were gone for a little while. We're sorry for those technical issues. Uh, apparently, three billion people linked onto our website at once. And um, we're used to 2 billion people a day, but not 3 billion. So thanks for our patience. Uh, But it shows, I think, how much people really loved uh, hearing more about this. So uh, let me hit the big pieces of this. Um, uh, It goes into a little bit uh, about how close they got to Captain Marvel actually appearing in Avengers Age of Ultron. And in the end, they just said... You know, it just wasn't quite right. We didn't like kind of dropping a character that nobody has heard of. And so uh, apparently that was uh, a lot closer to happening than we even realized. Um, And now the news that we got is a couple things that we've learned kind of exclusively here at the site. The film will definitely include a Kree named Marvel. If you're new to the comic books, Marvel is... Uh, kind of was the Captain Marvel before what we know as Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers. Uh, Marvel is a Cree who decides to kind of break from uh, the desires of his masters and become a defender of Earth, despite the fact that he is Cree born. And he's going to be in the film. We didn't know 
if they were going to start this Captain Marvel from scratch or if they'll use Marvel, but apparently they are. Um, apparently there's going to be a version of the Psyche Magnetron accident and that will help her get her powers. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know the comics well enough. Maybe we'll have Adam describe that to us in a minute. But, uh, okay, that's fine. And also that Carol, we kind of knew this already, Carol is not going to age in the MCU because she's a Kree, much the same way that Thor does not age despite being thousands of years old. Uh, and so people have asked, how are she going to be in the 1990s and then appear again in the, the teens and not age, and that's how. Uh, also, we are hearing that there is going to be a version of her Miss Marvel costume in the movie. So, um, Adam, let me just start. I'm hoping you maybe know a little more of this uh, mythology than I do. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, particularly the stuff about the Psyche Magnetron accident. Uh, what does that mean for, for Carol in the story? Uh, yeah, I'm not too well-rounded in it, um, but uh, pretty much in layman's terms, it's some sort of machine that exploded <laughs> um, and gave uh, both Marvell and... Well, it was giving Marvel powers, and then that's how um, Carol got her powers. And it, everything that came out is pretty interesting. You know, I mean, um, I'm really glad they didn't throw her at the uh, tail end of Age of Ultron because that just would have been a what the heck? <laughs> you know, who's that? Um, so that didn't happen. Um, but it is interesting that they give her. Or it sounds like they are giving her a version of her Miss Marvel uniform. Um, I'm just trying to think in the storyline about how that's going to work. Are they? I, I don't think they'd use both the Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel name in the one movie um, and kind of show the progression that way. Um, but who knows? I guess it's all this news that came out. You know, I mean. I think this movie could really, really surprise us with how uh, big it goes. Uh, so, Rhiannon, I think most of our listeners know that um, the kind of cosmic side of the MCU is kind of the side you're at least least familiar with. When you read this article, were you just kind of like, uh, okay, or like, was there anything here that really piqued your interest? Okay, so I have some really stupid questions having read this article. Okay, let, um, let, let's do, I'm sure there are many listeners who are with you, so they're not stupid. Okay, I mean, I mean, like, I feel like this first one, well, I, I have one big question. Is Miss Marvel Captain Marvel before she grows up? Okay, so I'll, I'll handle that one. <laughs> Miss, Miss Marvel was her title for a really long time. And she was, you know, she was a classic 60s, 70s female superhero where it was like, a woman in a one-piece bikini running around trying to superhero. And she was Miss Marvel because, um, well, she got her powers from Captain Marvel, but a woman can't really be a captain, right? At least in the mind of whoever mm. was writing this in the 60s or 70s. And so, um, yeah, so the best I understand from the comics, basically as culture sort of evolved and it sort of became blatantly sexist, that we should not have a Miss Marvel with the powers of Captain Marvel running around half clad. They kind of changed her up, made her a captain as well, gave her the respect she was due, and kind of gave her a more military costume than sort of a uh, Playboy Mansion stewardess costume. Is that fair, Adam? Am I roughly hitting this on the head or is that too much? 
Oh, no, yeah, no, okay. yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head. Um, and now she's a complete badass. Okay. But she's Cree. No, she's human, I think. Adam? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's human and got the powers um, and some explosion. Okay, all right. So, so she, that makes comic sense. She kind of becomes she's part she, Cree she, she or was, something. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was in the Air Force, I believe. She was in the military. I'm not sure which which branch. Um and then something exploded and um now she can fly. Okay. Alright. But yeah. Yeah, Caleb hit it on the head with his description there. And now there is another Miss Marvel. Okay, that's why I was confused, because I thought there was a character yeah. distinct from her that was Miss Marvel. Yeah, so she yeah, there's there's another Miss Marvel, but that's completely different. Well same moniker, different people. Yeah, I mean it, They're it's, not making this easy for me to catch up. It's well it's connected in that so the current Miss Marvel, who's Kamala Khan, the reason she's Miss Marvel is she grew up idolizing uh Captain Marvel. And so she okay. um it's kind of a self deprecating acknowledgement that I'm now a superhero, but I could never live up to being Captain Marvel, my hero. So I'm happy to take her old name of Miss Marvel. And so, yeah, it's just that's that's it is that's her kind of respect for Carol, even though they've kind of gone through hard times now after Civil War, too. But that's another story for another day. Yeah, And that's the other interesting thing. You know, Carol never became Captain Marvel until like very, very recently. I think she was still Miss Marvel throughout civil war one um and it just wasn't recent until she got the uh picked up the captain marvel thing i don't know and what, she uh, she did get pants now. as soon as she became captain marvel right she did get apparently pants, you become yeah. a captain and you get pants is that how that works apparently i think that's how the real military works too <laughs> <laughs> oh does that does that cover the questions rhiannon Yes, yes. I, I, I'm sure we we have, what, like 18 months for you guys to explain all the rest of Captain Marvel to me? <laughs> I like I us doing it this way rather than me having to actually open up and read a book. Yeah. I, I've honestly, I love the current Miss Marvel run and I read that really well, but I, I've not read much Carol Danvers stuff, honestly, so... I pick it all more up to the Avengers. Uh, who would stuff, you so. who would you compare? If you could compare... I don't know. It, it's complete. Yeah, I don't know. I guess she's her own deal, and she's completely awesome. Us trying to comp- Yay. yeah. I mean, other trivia bit. She actually is related to Rogue from the X-Men way back in the day. Like, the reason that Rogue can fly and uh, is as strong as she is, her power used to be just to absorb other people's powers, but then she had an incident with Miss Marvel, and she put Miss Marvel into a coma, and she permanently took her flight and strength. But then she woke up from the coma and some other weird stuff. So, Carol Danvers has a very terrible history of some very bad, sexist, gross storylines. Right, Adam? Like, I'm sure you can find a listicle somewhere of the ten oh, what-are-you-talking-about moments yeah, from the history of Carol Danvers. I'm sure so. there's all sorts of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that being said, it does. the Miss Marvel costume part seems odd to me. I felt like they were steering towards the current kind of version of her that kind of is more updated with the times. 
Does it strike you weird, Adam, that we're going to go back to this Miss Marvel stuff? You know, that's what's confusing because if, if they give, uh, I'm not sure is is the if they include the Miss Marvel costume, is that just going to be like a, a kind of a nod like they did in Luke Cage? Because if they actually introduce the Miss Marvel um, timeline or character, if you will. You know, I think that would be awfully confusing when they come out with a Kamala Khan TV show or uh, movie, whenever that may be. Uh, I think I'd almost prefer just going straight to Captain Marvel. You know, I, then again, I'm not sure. It's it's set in the 90s, and I had it's scrolls and all sorts of stuff, so I have no no idea what the the storyline's going to entail. But I'd almost prefer. Obviously, we have to have some sort of origin and storyline but i would think almost they just um go straight to the captain marvel part and then the other thing is that marvell's included in it you know so is is he going to be captain marvel and she takes over his mantle or what i don't i don't know i'd prefer her going straight to captain marvel but i guess we'll see yeah and we have gotten a sense that there is going to be something we had reported a long time ago that the physics director for marvel was connecting the quantum bands with Miss Marvel and Ant-Man and that somehow that was going to be connected. And I think that this, this article talked about some of that being legitimate and that there are going to be connections to Miss Marvel. So, um, I think that's really interesting, you know? Um, let me ask you guys this. Um, you know, so far the MCU has really had two figureheads. You've kind of had Tony Stark as kind of, the cool guy and the center of the franchise and the most marketable character. And then you've had Captain America as kind of the, um, the leader of the Avengers and kind of the, the, the duality of the leadership of the team between Iron Man and cap is kind of what made civil war work the way it did. Um, as we go forward, do you think, do you think we're going to get Captain Marvel kind of taking over one of those roles or that we should, or, I guess what I'm saying is a lot of people have been asking, like, who's the next face of the MCU? Once Downey Jr. and Chris Evans leave, is it going to be Brie Larson? Is it going to be Tom Holland? Is it going to be Benedict Cumberbatch? Who do you see kind of in phase four shaping up as the real leader of this this universe? I love the idea of Captain Marvel being that face. I think Tom Holland will be, I mean, I think he will be a consistent star power. Maybe more along the lines of what Chris Pratt has been in recent years, you know, where everybody loves him and all of that, but he's not the one that they're going to, he's not going to be the one leading the team. Um, and, and I mean, I think Dr. Strange is definitely, you know, Dr. Strange as a character is going to come out and be a leader. And I have a feeling they'll use Benedict Cumberbatch's face like they use Robert Downer Jr.'s now. Those are two hard names to have to, so lots of syllables there. <laughs> but I think, yeah. Yeah. I think Benny will be on a lot of posters moving forward. Yeah. You know, with with uh, Captain Marvel, you got Strange. And Rhiannon, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to make that exact comparison between Tom Holland and uh, Chris Pratt. You know, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the... the biggest face but he's he's definitely going to be around um and then one person we're forgetting is uh chadwick boseman as well you know if we include captain marvel doctor strange and black panther you know i think we got a really solid group going forward i mean i think that 
We'll definitely see. It makes sense to me that Ma- Captain Marvel steps into the Captain America role because we've already seen that kind of in the comic books. Like it's not a mistake. The Civil War Two is about Iron Man versus Captain Marvel, whereas Civil War One was Iron Man versus Captain America. Um, I think that's an important role, and Carol is the comic character that best fits there. Uh, I think people who don't know the comics may just think, "Oh yeah, we're bringing in Black Panther and Doctor Strange and." Okay, yeah, the new characters. But by moving away from this original six and into these new characters, Spider-Man is a notoriously poor teammate for the Avengers, right? Like, he just never totally fits there. Doctor Strange is notoriously kind of isolated. And even when he's part of the Illuminati, he's always running off and doing his own thing in demon worlds and stuff. You know, like, he's not really a great team player. And Black Panther is just virtue of being a king and having a nation behind him. Like, none of those three characters are really great cohesive bonds in the comic books, though they can rewrite them in the films to be that way. And that's where I think Carol's really important is the, you know, the sort of, hey, let's go team feel and morale booster that Cap was or that even Iron Man could be. I think that she's going to have to provide that because I don't think these other characters are as well suited to being teammates if that makes any sense oh absolutely and i mean as you know obviously they kind of shaped the or they have been shaping the comics around um what's going on on movie and tv you know um and why i'm not sure if you do i mean carol is probably the biggest character right now in comics i would guess um you know so i don't see them really diverging off that path with a solo Captain Marvel flick coming out in a few years, you know? Um, Any more thoughts from either of you on Captain Marvel before we go on to our mailbag? I do think, going back to one of those original points that we talked about with her, with um, as far as if they had introduced her in Age of Ultron, the only thing I think that would have alleviated is all of the people who are currently like, oh, look at Marvel trying to catch up with a female superhero, you know, trying to trying to catch up with Wonder Woman hype when really it's been in the works for so long. So I feel like if they had had inserted her way back then, there would be a little bit less of that talk. I mean, obviously, people that really know what all is going on know that this has been in the works, but I that's my only regret that they didn't throw a little bit of something about her in back then. Yeah. I think uh, this is going to sound weird for me because I usually am a big DC hater. I think it's probably fair to DC though, as far as they have pushed Wonder Woman um, in their comics a lot quicker than Marvel ever found. Wonder Woman had a significant role in the DC universe while Marvel was still doing these stupid things I talked about earlier with Captain Marvel and or Miss Marvel. So I don't know. I feel like DC deserves it as hard as that is for me to cough out of my throat. Like, I, you know, I, I just think that Wonder Woman deserved to be that first character. Cause I don't think there's a comparable version on the Marvel side, but awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to go into our mailbag. Um, I'll read through a few comments here just to uh, kind of thank folks for um, being part of the community that comments every week. Um, 084 on the website, uh, disagreed a little bit, felt like Hogarth, um, was more consistent between JJ and Iron Fist. Uh, Love Waffle was talking about how he doesn't want to see a reboot of the MCU. He just wants to see these new characters, 
uh, come to prominence because they're talking about Avengers 4 and whether that would be a reboot or not. Um, uh, Nighthog talked a little bit about Jessica Jones and how he liked that show. Uh, several of these people, including Chris, talked about how he really didn't give enough love to the supporting cast of Jessica Jones. And I think that's fair. I think I liked Malcolm a lot. And uh, I think some of the other characters in that show were pretty good and we did not talk about them as much as we probably should have. Uh, Fanamir was saying that he doesn't want to see any scrolls uh, be popping up, any retrofitted scrolls in the MCU. Uh, Dave was saying that he would love to lose solo series and Netflix altogether for the sake of team-up shows only. So maybe an annual Defender series, a Daughters of the Dragon series, a Heroes for Hire series, and just forget all the uh, solo heroes. I guess I would say I just I still want to see Daredevil solo seasons regardless of what they do ever, uh, elsewhere. I mean, aren't they aren't they technically team ups now? I mean, even Iron Fist season one, you know, you had Colleen and and crew, you know. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how much crossover there is. Uh, one of my speculation bits when we talked about that Netflix schedule, it's very interesting to me that Deadline paired Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and they paired Daredevil and Iron Fist. That may just be when they're filming, but I'm wondering if there's going to be more script crossover between those as well. So it'll be interesting. Uh, and then a few Facebook comments. Uh, we had asked what we should call Avengers four last week. Bilal Mirza and David Nelson were saying it should be called just infinity or infinity gauntlet. They don't think that the title is going to be that much of a reveal. Uh, Fred Quadros said that he would like it to be Avengers and the Fantastic Four because we can still hope. And uh, Ronan Montez said it should be called Infinity Watch and that it should be about a group who kind of is given the Infinity Stones to watch over. So uh, those are all very interesting, and we thank you guys for commenting. Um, I think that about does it for us. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast in any way, we just ask you to uh, do some different things. You can like our posts on Facebook or like them on Twitter. You can interact with us on Twitter via hashtag MCUEXPOD. That's hashtag MCUEXPOD. Uh, you can also leave comments on Facebook. You can go to the website and leave comments on our page. Uh, apparently discuss, ate up, and spit out some of your comments last week. Uh, we're sorry. Sometimes we get discussed, discussed as well. Uh, I don't know. That, that plug-in just can be weird. Um, you can also uh, subscribe to us via iTunes. The best thing you can do to help us get to more earballs is if you would uh, be good enough to give us a four-star or five-star review on iTunes, uh, that would be great. Uh, generally, just tell your friends about the show. We love having more and more listeners, and we just uh, appreciate all the support that we get from you guys. Another thing that you can do is that you can send in your comments via SoundCloud uh, directly onto the pod. Uh, Cash Craig has been doing a pretty good job of this, uh, giving his comments each week. Um, and he was talking about last week how he thought it was an awful idea to make an important hero a scroll. And I think I agree with you, uh, Craig. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Do you guys have any other, uh, any other things to share? Or if not, go ahead and give people your details of where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter as Shot of Patron. Uh, over the next two weeks, it's going to be lots of Defenders hype over there. Lots and lots of Defenders hype. And I'm on Twitter at Adam Barnhart, B-A-R-N-H-A-R-D-T. And I'm at Caleb A. Borchers, C-A-L-E-B-A-B-O-R-C-H-E-R-S. I've gotten like 10 new followers. I'm up to, I think, 60. 
So thanks for streaming it in, guys. It makes me feel like the pod's really growing, that people are actually following me on Twitter now. So, um, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show, and we will be back next week. Uh, and we will finish our countdown of TV shows for sure. And there's only one left. I think you know what it is. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.